1: You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United UnitedHealthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.
0: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Hey, everybody, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Undying Light. I am your host, Alex, and I am joined again by my faithful companion in ministry, Anthony from Speak Gospel Truth. Say hello to the listeners, Anthony. Hello, faithful, eh? Hey, there you go. You like know, my faithful companion. I, I like that. <laughs> You're always you're always there to when I need to vent, so it's
1: good. <laughs> That's cool. I'm like like a dog, like a dog. Man's best friend. <laughs> yeah, feeling it, here, man. Here,
0: <laughs> here, boy, here, boy. <laughs> oh, oh, we're already off to the start, aren't we? Not even a minute in. Rabbit, uh, rabbit holes. We're good at that. So, <laughs> trying to dodge the rabbit holes on this episode. So we just so so you know we're we're just kicking off the eschatology series. Mm-hmm. Um, as we record this, actually, the first episode hasn't even um dropped. It drops this coming Friday, and that's on death. So this episode will follow that one as we get into kind of the heart of, um, I, I can't say phase one of this series. I, I think I broke it down to like four phases. Phase yeah. one is, is heaven, hell, and death. And then phase two is the four views of eschatology. Phase three is the Old Testament eschatology. Phase four is the New Testament, including Revelation. I'm glad and you went light. Yeah, I you know I mm-hmm. I I decided to light take a small chunk, you know, because <laughs> my plate's yeah. not full enough. Right. <laughs> and uh, I figured why not? Right. Uh, people are always badgering me about my views and what what you know how things are you know looking and that. And there's pages out there. People do, you know, uh, charts and and they, they kind of explain it in that. But I really want to make, you know, an episode on the views of eschatology and, and try to break them down as best as I can, um, highlighting scripture and kind of painting the picture, if you would, of uh, what they look like. But before we get to all that, um, and I'm sure at some point in the series, you'll join me again uh, to just come on and talk. And as and also, we do the Matter of Truth episodes, mm-hmm. so um, this episode will air uh, on the 21st, so a week after our uh, Doreen Virtue episode on a Matter of Truth, so make sure you give that a listen to, because that was a really great interview, um, and that's actually a two-parter, so we talked for an extensive amount of time, yeah. and we split it up into two uh, shows, so... Uh, Make sure you catch it. It will be on the 15th. Obviously, it's already live by the time this airs. And then the last episode will be on the 31st, the end of the month. Uh, The other uh, house cleaning, I've got the Logos Bible Software promo. It's doing 25% off packages. So Logos.com forward slash Undying Light. Go get some great Bible software. Uh, I just got some news that the Bible dingers, those guys have got it now and they are like just drowning in material because uh, of what they got. So they are really excited, but make sure you go, yeah, I'm, they, uh, they actually called me yesterday and were telling me about it
1: before we recorded. That's good because then Nick can look up some pre mill stuff. I yeah you
0: and, sh- and show and, how
1: wrong he is. yeah, he should dig in a little bit. <laughs> I hope kidding, he listens
0: Nick. to this episode. I hope he does too. <laughs> uh, so we uh, yeah so we chatted a few minutes about that yesterday, and I you know I have I, I mean I have logos pulled up on my screen. like and, and this is the greatest thing about it <clears throat> is I can literally type in a topic and it's gonna filter through all my resources. So when I was looking for resources for today's episode, I just went in, to my library clicked it i typed in heaven and i got oh i don't know 50 resources that pull up and i have today's resources a table talk from june 1993 so we're going old school rc sprawl it's the only way to go man it is and uh so we're going to kind of pick through that a little bit um as today's topic obviously is about heaven last week we talked death this week is heaven, hopefully a little bit lighter topic. Next week is going to be hell, which I just recorded that episode last night, and I'll tell you what, the Bible dingers joined me for it, and they knocked it out of the park. It is a great episode. So I hope this phase one brings you some clarity around the next part of the Christian life, what happens when we die. And we, we experience, you know, two things. Heaven or Hell? Now, it, the death episode goes through kind of some of the views of death, so make sure you check that out, whether we spin our lives in, in mm. purgatory or do we go into a sleep state or uh, soul sleep is what it's called, or do we just go straight into the continual uh, peaceful bliss with Christ? So I dig into all that. Nice. Um, yeah, it's it was a it's great... It was deep, dude. That episode was tough. It was tough because nobody likes talking about death.
1: I hate it. I, I yeah, <laughs> I still hate it. I hate to say that, but I. St- I mean, I, you know, I I'm secure, but I do hate talking about death. It's I've been a, that it's way a, forever. Yeah. it's a Catholic, It's a, it's a Roman Catholic thing because yeah. my whole life, or or most of it, um, I thought I was going to pur. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna end up in purgatory, you know, because that's yeah. what I was taught uh, from Roman Catholicism, but. Oh, well, it's it, I'm scarred it, for life, man.
0: It scarred for life. Well, you know, and I was actually thinking about doing a show and I don't know if I'm going to get to it because uh, I want to do kind of a one of the misconceptions of the eschatology, like the end of times and like pick apart like that's the, left, be- the left behind and all that stuff. I, I just with the amount of stuff on my plate. I don't know if I could squeeze that episode. You in. could you could close with that. I think that would be good. because Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a close with it. Like, yeah, it's good. Here's. One everything and then here's what it's not <laughs> you know you have to
1: do a comparative on the Nicolas Cage left behind and <laughs> <the> Kirk Cameron <laughs> left behind which is better
0: uh i you know i i've watched the i watched um the first Kirk Cameron and then i actually seen the Nicolas Cage in theaters and oh. i did don't hate me um I, I i like Nicolas Cage i don't know why but Maybe just because of like some of his older works, like Gone in 60 Seconds. I really mm-hmm. like that. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, and I think Kirk Cameron's movie was just so corny. I couldn't, I just <laughs> couldn't stomach it.
1: Uh, well, you know, I mean, uh, and, you know, acting, well, I mean, didn't he, he used to act in some sitcom or something? Didn't he? Yeah, he was in a in TV, um, Family Ties or yeah, something like that. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, acting. Yeah, Nicholas Cage would be a better actor for sure. I actually saw that one too. The acting was better. Um yeah. but yeah. It's, it's yep. I was I was critiquing the whole the whole way through I was critiquing it. My my wife was just like, Shut, Shut up. up. <laughs> it's a movie. I'm like, no. It's not okay, man. They're totally Hollywood once again strikes. Anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think uh I think when I saw it, I was way new in the walk. Like I was like still like fresh vanilla end of the world is going to be here before we know it. And so I was like all in the left behind stuff. And I was just trying to like, cause I thought that was legit and I didn't know any better until like I got into the reform circles. And then I was like, Oh yeah, that's wrong. It's very, (laughs) very wrong. So Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of those Hollywood movies. They're just rough. Like
1: Noah, that one was painful to watch. Dude, yeah. that was so bad. I mean, you know, the effects were, like, good. But I thought, you know, I was like, oh, this is going to be really cool. You know what? You know what? Honestly, if Mel Gibson had done Noah, I'm, I don't care what anybody says, oh. um, Mel Gibson would have killed. Absolutely crushed it. Killed it. it. Crushed Just, it. I mean, because The Passion of the Christ mm-hmm. is, I think, hands down, like, one of the best movies. I know it infused a lot of this Roman Catholicism and some other mm-hmm. Stuff from the book of Mary Magdalene or something that aside, I mean, I thought it was stellar. Mm -hmm. So he would have killed it with no, I think so. Absolutely, absolutely.
0: So, Logos Bible software, make sure you get a copy of that as we rabbit hole down again. Um, rabbit hole, hole. we should get a drop in and just plug that every time. I think you did one on one episode, okay? So, yeah.
1: (laughs) i did something i'm gonna do something every episode every we're gonna hide it
0: it's like the rabbit it's like the easter hunt you got to find the the rabbit egg yeah right everything's (laughs) rabbits easter egg i don't know um so the other thing i want to bring up is the patrons so uh that seems to have kind of blown up recently i've I've had quite a few new people join uh in sponsoring and helping this podcast and this ministry girl my deepest thank yous Um, gratitude is just, I can't even express how thankful I am for you guys. You guys have made this ministry grow and get to where it's at and continue to grow. And so I thank you for all of that. Um, for a dollar a month, as low as a dollar, you can help fund this ministry and you get access to everything I do. And Anthony knows the behind the scenes and it's, there's a ton of stuff that I do for those patrons. Yeah. Uh, I've had them on the show. I've I've got a private IG chat with them so they can talk to me one-on-one. Well, you know, in the group. But you can talk to me one-on-one. I, I'm fine with that too. Um, you get week heads up on podcast episodes. You get uh, all sorts of like tonight I'm going to finish my sermon notes for this Sunday. So they're going to see my sermon notes. Before anybody else does. Um, They're going to get. When I get back into school this fall. uh, I'm actually taking a preaching class. So they'll get like little pieces of that going through. Um, Some of the people who are interested. I've sent my Roman studies uh, a couple days in advance to. I think you got uh, tomorrow's. I don't know I
1: I didn't know if you read through it or not. Not yet. Sheesh. (laughs) Slacker. Nine to five jobs suck telling
0: me man gosh uh
1: how dare we have jobs to pay for our lives and families oh my gosh they get in the way they do i'm kidding i'm totally kidding <laughs> now we know why paul was just a tent maker and yeah. didn't didn't marry i i just i could go down a rabbit hole right now about francis chan <laughs> related to family because i saw this video that uh Hasty posted uh uh-huh. i think it was and uh and they and um chris uh Oh, was the
0: yeah. Rosenborough.
1: Rosenborough Rosenboro is like just kind of went after the whole thing with respect to, you know, his family getting in the way. It was just it was an interesting thing to watch. But anyway, it made me think of it when I said my family gets in the way. But <laughs> I love them.
0: And, you know, yeah. it's funny because my wife is out of town. She's visiting her parents for the week. And every time my wife has gone for the week, I have taken full opportunity to get to like catapult ahead and podcast recording. I think the last time she did it, I was just about starting the attribute series. And I think you called me or something. You're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm on my third episode tonight. Yeah. (laughs) I I just, I hammered out as many episodes as I could. And I scheduled as many people that week as I could, because I'm like, I got to take opportunity. And and when I, when I have free time, I got to use it all for the glory of God. And, Um, I'll tell you what, this week has been a little bit more of a train wreck because I I don't know, I'm just exhausted from, I don't know, whatever, but, uh, I didn't get anything accomplished Monday, which is disappointing. But last night I had, uh, I got an episode done and tonight we're doing this and tomorrow I've got quite a few
1: things on the plate. So, but, uh, uh, you put me to shame. I mean, my free time, like when my wife goes away, I want to go mountain biking. Hey. (laughs) Hey man,
0: there's <laughs> nothing wrong. I, I I went fishing. I feel
1: terrible now. I feel I terrible. I went
0: I went fishing on Sunday, so don't don't be hating, man. I was uh I you know you need that that release and that break. I, I did yeah. a bit of, about an hour fishing, but the weather was kind of crappy, so I didn't get anything. A couple little and I was even watching like um People on the other side of the shore, and they were just pulling in little bitty cat catfishing. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna get much today. The right. wind's too strong, it's overcast, and water's too dark. Yeah. Anywho's, uh, so today's episode, 15 minutes in, drum roll please, is going to be on heaven. Yay, heaven. Dude, is heaven for real? Is <laughs> heaven for real? <laughs> uh, and we're gonna kick it right off with that. <laughs> sorry heaven no you're spot on because it's heaven tourism right because so we're going to break it down into two parts um we're going to talk a little bit about this um modern uh, what do you want to call it like um this this big thing it just has kind of blown up in recent years it's like just out of the blue it just started happening this they they it's been termed heaven tourism
1: mm.
0: and uh, Tim, Tim chalice. Uh, I, I love Tim chalice. He's a great writer and, uh, he's done a, quite a few good documentaries. I would, uh, recommend watching those. Uh, but he's got an article on heaven tourism and, uh, I highly recommend you go and read it cause this is where I'm pulling some of my notes from. um, and I'll link it in the show notes. As I've tried we'll try through this entire series to link all my resources because this stuff is really, really deep. So, here's here's the thing. Uh, straight off the bat, we have all of a sudden in the last probably what fifteen years, you think maybe give or take. Yeah, I
1: would say something like that.
0: Yeah, all these people, all of a sudden, and and look, I don't think it's a new phenomenon. That's what I was looking for. That's the word, phenomenon. Yeah. I don't think it's new, but it's documented now. Mm-hmm. and and I, and I would venture to say that probably prior to um, modern television and social media, internet, things like that, people claimed to experience this and then would make money by telling their story, et cetera. Um, and now it's turned into what seems like a an industry. You take a trip to heaven and then you write a book about it and you sell millions of copies because people are, yeah, it becomes just a lucrative business and you don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I, I mean, there's even movies made out of it. And oh, and, yeah. I, and I'll admit, I, I, I've seen a lot of the movies because you know, you're intrigued, right? Mm-hmm. But I think at the end of the day, what, what comes down to being wrong Is that, or maybe starting to make your, you know, scratch your head a little bit is every single one of the accounts, they're all different.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Well, it's, I was just thinking through everything you were just saying. I think that you're, we're in this narcissistic, right? World that it's all about me, 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 me. And like I said, cash cow. Oh my gosh! I had an experience. I had a view, and you know, on heaven. So I'm gonna go make. I'm gonna go make money, and it it has nothing to do with uh, the biblical view of scripture. I mean, right. it, it's what it boils down to. It's like mm-hmm. okay, let, let's look at Hollywood's version, because yeah. that's what that's what it is, honestly. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. Versus, uh, or man, whatever you want to say, man's version. Uh, of heaven versus the biblical account of version of, of heaven sorry
0: yeah I, I I agree and to just highlight that point of being a cash cow and all that Colton Burpo was that child who claims he went to heaven right uh, was, this was a big event so uh, wrote a book did a kids edition did a movie uh, uh, six million copies of his book sold Mm. six million copies <laughs> and that's this article was posted eight years ago so imagine the number today oh yeah <laughs> and there's been plenty more because he's got a movie now
1: yeah yeah and the premise is what his he he had a surgery after yeah, a, a well, burst appendix right and it almost it was near death or yeah. experience is what it was
0: mm-hmm he um, was in the hospital and was in surgery and I guess he flatlined during surgery and uh, the doctors told his parents that, that he may not make it. And I guess his dad got angry and goes into the little hospital chapel. And I I guess Colton recollected that for him. Like he told his dad, he's seen him there. And then, The next thing he's like, I was walking with Jesus and he was describing what heaven was like to his dad. And again, we don't get any of those pictures painted from scripture because that's how we have to measure everything up. But I'm going to read this little couple little snippets here from Tim's article and then I'll make sure to uh, include it in the show notes. But Tim says, I'll grant that the cost of this type of journey is rather steep You've got to die though only for a few minutes, but it's a sound investment whether you factor in sales figures. I can think of quite a few authors who would trade a few minutes of life for 50 plus weeks at bestseller lists and a few appearances on TBN. Uh, he goes on to say uh, I have give, I gave it a I gave it a skim he's talking about a book um, Heaven and Back. I just couldn't bear to read it all the way through and found it much the same as others. In fact it may be worse, And others said it contains even less Christian theology, less gospel, and far more New Age sub-Christian nonsense that a publisher of Christian books would even consider taking this to print is appalling. I'm not going to review To Heaven and Back. It's just pure junk, fiction, and the guise of biography, paganism, and the guise of Christianity. Mm. So I, I think he nails it. It's a dishonor of God. You dishonor God if you think you need this kind of outside verification. Plain yeah, absolutely. Plain. It's simple. Yeah. And, you know, he concludes this article. And again, like I said, this is eight years old. So there's I, I only I did. I use this um to talk a little bit about the bookstore series. And I talk about heaven tourism then. But And we're not going to be extensive on this, but we do want to highlight a few aspects before we start really talking about heaven itself. Um, but Tim says in his conclusion, the question remains, how do I respond to a Christian who has read these books and finds great joy and comfort in them? You point that person to what is true. You, will, you need to be careful with tone and timing, but ultimately it will be a blessing for any Christian to direct his faith to the worthy object of faith. Faith will be strengthened by reading the Bible and believing it. Faith will be weakened by reading the Bible and believing it only after reading 90 minutes in heaven. I'll let that resonate on you for a minute. The yeah. Bible book insists that it is enough, that it is sufficient. We do not need a special revelation from God. These books insist that it is not. So uh, he, Tim pretty much closes the channel right on the heaven tourism it's basically they're all a fake they're all you know
1: out for for monetary gain yeah you know i don't doubt that i mean these people believe something happened you know that you know like the boy woke up and everything unfolded and the father was like i'm gonna go make a quick but a quick buck um I think what it is is people get wrapped up in, again, their, their experiences, um, you know, their own imagination, their own dreams. And, um, I mean, this stuff can't be validated. So what we're talking about is subjective, what shallow, unbiblical ideas that really equal bad doctrine that's supported by, well, I'm going to get a scripture and I'm going to twist scripture Mm -hmm. to fit this experience. So it's, and, you know, it's interesting, Tim says something about, you know, approaching a Christian who um, has like read it and it's been impacted and then pointing them to scripture, you know, that's, that's the touchy part because, you know, I, I don't, you don't want to go in guns blazing and, um, you know, beat your fellow Christian to a pulp saying you're wrong. This is, you know, this is just not true. And. So you really it's the, I think the hardest thing is finding that balance with with what Hollywood's putting out. I mean, it's it's just the interesting thing is this is just like these these things like you know, heaven is for real and these other heaven movies. It's just like sitting down and watching National Geographic's, um, you know, Bible discovery. Who is God <laughs> with Morgan Freeman? Yeah, exactly. Um, right down the line, you yeah, know, or the, and, or the History Channel's attempt to explain the Bible. Exactly. That's the other one. Thank you. Yep. History channels. Um, <laughs> so I was just actually, I was just in uh, the grocery store yesterday with my wife and uh, there was a national geographic uh, on the front cover. It was like, who is, uh, who is Jesus or something? And mm. it was by some, some guy that I went and looked up and he's just this, you know, scholar guy. And he's, I mean, he's not a Christian, you know, from what I read about him. And again, these are just, these people find, Jesus fascinating, and they want to kind of say, well, this is who Jesus was, and that's it. Mm-hmm. So it's, once again, man, you know, it's man injecting um, their own views, their own experiences, yep. and um, yep. with with not even a thought of going to the Bible. Nobody thinks about going to the Bible for anything. No. It's it's crazy to me. Yeah, and you know, and the thing with that kind of stuff, especially with coming from
0: a secular perspective, you know, whether it's Hollywood projecting uh, producing these videos or National Geographic writing about Christ, they they don't use Scripture as a basis. They use, you know, uh, in the case of Hollywood, they're going to use the person who claims the experience. While that claimed experience is 99% unlikely going to be rooted in Scripture, most of what you read in those books are New Age theology. They have absolutely nothing to do with Christ and the Bible. And then if you look at the mm-hmm. author of, like, the National Geographic he's got a degree probably in uh, philosophy or or, yeah and so all of his stuff is going to come from Plato and all of the you know Socrates and things like that and his view is going to be trying to rationalize or argue either for or against a Christ that has been made up in his own mind how can I rationalize this guy who People literally worship, and how can I say that he's not real? Cause, I mean, because it's it's about every year or every couple of years, a big article gets printed that makes this bold claim that Christ isn't real. Uh, he was a fabrication of uh, Roman apost- uh, oppression, or he was a fabrication of uh, you know the the a uh, small sect of Judaism. I mean, and they never look to one the biblical accounts and two the non-biblical accounts but the historical accounts of people like josephus and mm-hmm. those that were actually present in that time period
1: yeah yeah and that's why you have all these um the documentaries you have the movies whether it's about jesus about paul about mm-hmm. here we talk about um about heaven and you know the interesting thing about all these heaven movies um again the whole narcissistic thing It's all about glorifying self. How did I feel while I was there? I felt peace. I felt this. I felt, I felt, I felt. Mm -hmm. And again, let's talk about scripture. Um, they don't ever talk about God's glory and we'll get into that a little bit later on in the episode. But again, you know, what are they highlighting? They're highlighting how everything was for them, for them. And clearly that's not the, the picture, um, that scripture paints. I, you know, don't get me wrong. Obviously, it's gonna, heaven's amazing. No tears, no pain, you know, complete bliss, but it's all glorifying God. Yep. So, and, and additionally, the New Age, you got, so you got New Age um, and cultists, their versions of heaven are always going to be just, has, they won't ever look at the scripture. They won't ever look at the Bible. It's just no. whatever they conjure up mm-hmm. in, their own, in their own version, in their own mind of reaching this higher, higher place. Yep, that's
0: true. So let's, let's dig into what does Scripture tell us, and can we actually come with a somewhat cohesive understanding of what heaven is like? Because first of all, we have to understand, we don't get a clear interpretation of what heaven is like from Scripture. We don't get Jesus saying that this is what heaven is like. We get instead a lot of parables of what heaven is like, but we don't get the clear picture, like, you know, the analogy used of uh, roads paved with gold and, you know, the granite, white stone streets and or buildings. And, you know, that's so bright and luminous. God's presence illuminates all things. And we kind of get some of that imagery, but Mm -hmm. we don't get this, like, clear, perfect picture. And we don't even really get that with hell either. And that's what we talk about next week. We don't Mm. really get a clear, distinct view of hell, but what we get are characteristics and we, we, we dig into those and that's a great topic to cover. But when it comes to this and, and I think I, I can look at it in this way, Jesus isn't just going to come out and say, this is what heaven is like. like, because then people are going to just take that and run with it. Instead, he gives parables, and only those who understand the parables can really understand the magnificence
1: that heaven has to offer. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I would just step back even a little bit, and I have this in my notes that I wanted mm-hmm. to touch on. So we know the way to heaven as Christians. but Absolutely. Yep. Okay, but, but how do you, So how do you get to heaven? What has to happen? Right, you have to die. You have to die, right. Okay. Permanently. You, you ha- ex- There you go. So so the Bible on near-death experience, I mean, and I've, I actually, speaking of articles, I don't have Logos or anything pulled up, but I, I did find one awesome article by John MacArthur. Mm-hmm. Um, he says this, uh, there's, oh, sorry, there's simply no reason to believe anyone who claims to have gone to heaven and returned, because John 3.13 says no one has ascended into heaven except he who is descended from heaven the son of the Son of man, right so we're going to scripture here to 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 look at these types of thing and, and he goes on to say john one eight, uh, John one eighteen no one has seen God at any time so you know to kind of flesh this all out, if you're going to scripture and looking at okay, quote besides the Son of man, who has been to heaven okay well, we know about um and you and i were talking about this before uh we we went to record this you know four biblical authors have had visions not the near death experiences of heaven mm-hmm. and what does that look like um and they don't go into a whole lot of detail so you know again scripture is the is is what we what we want to point to yep um to to validate anything and and who are the people it's isaiah ezekiel Paul and John yep. and, and later in the article, he mentions Paul didn't document his vision. He wasn't even sure if it was a vision or if he was caught up or what it was, mm-hmm. but he didn't actually document it. Um, and I have to find it here, <laughs> but he didn't document it for 14 years per scripture. That's, that's something else.
0: Yeah. And I, you know, and I think that shows the weight and the mysteries to what heaven is and should be. And to your point, right? That
1: you don't want to get caught up in all of these details,
0: right? Because you miss the point. You miss the 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 end goal of what hey, the the prize is eternal life. And and if we know that eternal life exists within Christ, then our end goal should just be. To worship Christ. It shouldn't be about all of these, you know, magnificent imageries that we can paint in our minds about, oh, this is what heaven's gonna be like. It's gonna be, you know, gumdrops
1: and lollipops everywhere I go. Well, yeah. And also, you bring up you bring up another good point. Um, you know, with respect to how humans operate, and this mm-hmm. this is kind of the same thing, same thing with uh with healings. You know, we, we get wrapped around the axle and just hooked on to, you know, the things, the, the experiences, what we can be described to us, hence healings. And that is not—Christ came to give us eternal life to what? To, because we're sinful mm-hmm. and we need a Savior. And the interesting thing, you talk to anybody about heaven, of course they want to go. Yeah, of course. You yeah, know, they want, you, they want the, the prize, the sweet they cherry want, on top. They want the cake, but they don't want to work for it. They don't want to make it, so to speak. Bad analogy, I know. Yeah. But my point is, you know. Side, it, side it, note, it, side mm-hmm. note, we actually used a dinner analogy in the hell episode. <laughs> Did you? Oh, God, I got yeah, a dessert analogy go. in there, yeah. you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, they don't want to, it's submitting. To Christ, becoming mm-hmm. a slave to Christ, opposed to our sin, that's what people don't want to put in. They don't yeah. want to put it in, but they still want heaven. They still yeah. want heaven they, how yeah. they want it. Mm-hmm. They don't want to give up their own sinful desire. And
0: interestingly, here you're talking about you know kind of the the troubles in earth, right? We get Paul in here in First Corinthians, and RC Sproul highlights this. He says Paul further gives hints. After discussing various types of bodies we experience on this planet and various types of levels of glory of created objects, he adds: the body that is sown is perishable and is raised imperishable. It is mm-hmm. sown in dishonor and is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness and it is raised in power. It is sown in a natural body, it is raised in a spiritual body. It's first Corinthians 15, 42 through 44. And we understand corruption, dishonor, weakness. And natural bodies only by contrast or imminence can we contemplate an incorruptible glorified powerful spiritual body the new body will be clothed with immorality and we will receive a garment that does not presently or intrinsically possess Hmm. and so that just gives us a highlight of what we will experience right it doesn't paint us the picture of heaven but it tells us that when we die this broken shell of ours will be resurrected and we will be given power and glory and we will be raised in that spiritual body because John writes that we will be raised to be like Christ at the resurrection. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that how we try to paint this picture, you know, like R.C. says here, we only understand this broken Decrepit, dying body, and it's hard for us sometimes to fathom what a glorified,
1: sinless body would be like. We can't wrap our heads around it. No, there's no way, no words to describe it.
0: And it's frustrating, I think, from a Christian perspective that people really try to, and and you get so caught up in that kind of thinking that again you miss the bigger picture of serving Christ,
1: being obedient upon Christ. Yeah. I mean, look with heaven, I mean, think about scripture, um, you know, the prophets and the apostles, um, and this is God's word. And if God wanted us to have this, um, a complete preview of heaven, he would have clearly shared that in the, in, in the word. Right. But the bits and pieces that we do get related to like, okay, Lazarus, he was dead for four days, right? Mm -hmm. So what, what happened? Is there any mention of what happened to Lazarus um, in those four days, other than his body laid there? No, nothing, Mm -mm. nothing. And I think it's very interesting that, I mean, you know, it, it, Jesus didn't go into it. Uh, The apostles didn't try to document or anything because they didn't, they didn't know the right. only one who knows is the son of man. Right. He's the only one who's actually been to heaven because he came from heaven, mm-hmm. you know, and then he came back. And you
0: know, it's interesting too, how I think more pressing were the disciples on trying to understand the end of times. They wanted to, cause they kept asking, Lord, when will this happen? When will this occur? When will these events take place? they wanted to know when the world would end and cease to exist. And Jesus is saying, don't focus on all that. Right. Focus on what's in front of you. You know, these events will happen of course, but I'm not going to tell you cause I don't know. And that's a whole nother topic, but it's interesting how the mindset of the apostles differ from like people today, like I would venture to say, yeah, I think the apostles were kind of they, they were fascinated and that's maybe why it intrigued them, but they never really in the scripture seemed to pursue this glory of heaven. Like what is this place gonna be like? Because I don't think they necessarily all they wanted was the promised Messiah. Mm-hmm. They wanted to serve Christ. Granted, they had their stumbling blocks throughout the three years of his ministry, but Post that, the, yeah, the only time you get glimpses is really in Revelation as John is painting this picture. And, and granted, we can we can say that Revelation has, you know, it's, it's a metaphor or it's a, um, a literal interpretation. It, that's going to be a, a very deep dive. We will cover some of the text out of it today, but that's a deep dive for that series, that portion of the series. But we don't get the apostles, you know, going around, saying, Hey, when you die, do you want to go to this great place with these awesome streets and this, you know, the, the water that's so clear, you could
1: see down, you know, a hundred feet to the bottom, like Islam, right? Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the 70 that, virgins. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's a total, it's, it's, you're right. You're spot on. Um, you know, it, scripture absolutely, um, implores us. It, it encourages us to fix our eyes on heaven. Absolutely. I, I mean, you got, uh um, what is it? Colossians 3, 1 to 2, 2 Corinthians 4, 18, and uh, what's the other one I remembered? Philip uh Philippians 320. That I'll talk about that. We, mm-hmm. you know, and and then if you if you think about that and you go into Hebrews, um, you know, we are to we know as Christians, we don't belong here. This isn't our home. And that's I think it's Hebrews 11. Mm-hmm. Um You know we're strangers here, and that's because we know where our home is. Our home, we have an eternal home, and this is not the place. So, absolutely, the essence, the core of our of of true faith, of our faith, is not to be here. It's to long for heaven. So, that without a doubt, I mean, I am not saying anything other than that. But to make it a subjective. Thing that out of my own mind and my own visions, I, you know, man, I've had plenty of dreams where they Mm -hmm. that where I'm definitely not here on earth. Yeah. Come on, they're not, they're not heaven. No, no, (laughs) not at all. They're not heaven. Sorry. No. And I totally get
0: it. And then it's, that's, I think, the biggest thing that we have to really understand is when we start to paint this picture of heaven we have to understand a couple concepts to it. One, it's not about the destination, right? Right. Now, take that into context. It's not about the actual physical looking and feeling of the destination, but it is solely about the result of that destination, and that is to glorify God. That is to Mm. show up after death and to worship the creator. Right. That is what heaven is about. And heaven is is a complete opposite of hell where you will be spending eternity in torment. Apart, now, apart from apart God. from God. That's but the now hell. there's That's yeah, the hell and, part. But now there's three views of hell which we'll cover next week. And the only reason I I'm familiar is cuz I just went over it last night. But right. uh but make sure, you know, you, you 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 check that episode out. But when it comes to heaven, there's not I mean there's tons of views right because we could go down the road of all the different paths all these different things but the imagery itself I think is what sometimes people get so wrapped up in and and I do want to highlight a couple things here that I'm looking on my screen before we continue on Revelation 21 4 says he will wipe away every tear from the eyes there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the older of things has passed away the old order of things have passed away uh, Revelation 21, 22. I did not see the temple in the city because the Lord Almighty and the lamp are its temple. The new heaven will have no sun nor moon. They are unnecessary luminaries. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it for the glory of God gives it light and the lamp is its lamp. So just some some painted pictures here of what you'll see the throne room of God and the lamb will be in the city. And I got to find my line here and his servants will serve him. He will, they will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. Mm. Uh, One more here. The city will be four square with the walls of Jasper. The walls, foundations will be adored with precious gemstones. The city itself will be constructed not out of brick or mortar or steel or glass. It is made of pure gold, translucent gold like clear glass. The gates will be pearls and the streets paved not with a tarmac but transparent gold. So this is just some imagery that we pull out, right? This is what heaven would look like. But this isn't the point of heaven. It's not to enjoy these luxuries. This is the point of heaven is to do exactly what Revelation 22, three and four saying to worship God, to serve him. And I think so many Christians get so wrapped up in, well, what's heaven going to be like? You know, my uh, one of the the things I think that might sadden some people is that when you get to heaven, you're not going to care about your significant others or your children or your best friend. Or wow. your favorite pastor, you probably are not going to get to heaven and be like, "I'm going to go find John the Baptist and talk to him." You might see John the Baptist, but you may never even recognize John the
1: Baptist. Nope, that's you're you're right on with that. I, I think, you know, it, you hear it all the time, and you know, I get it. It's it's a it's a human thing. Yeah, you know what? Um, when I get to heaven, I'm going to go ask this person this and that, and who who knows? And and, and to, I think what you're what you're driving home is. We don't, we don't know, but we do know what Jesus told us. Mm-hmm. M- man's not going to be given to wife. Wife's not going to be given, I'm paraphrasing, <laughs> to, to man. Uh, brothers, sisters, husband, husbands, wives, children, that is not how it operates. And yeah, you know what? That gets me thinking. I mean, you, you think about, you know, the, the, the tragedy of abortion and all of those lives, like what happens to them? And, and, and again, this is, this is the thing, you know, God's hidden will. Right. We can sit here and spin our wheels and say, well, are they, you know, what happens to babies that die and this and that and the other, the, you know what, we need to focus on scripture and, and, and pro- professing Christ crucified, spreading the gospel and not getting wrapped up in all of these other kind of details that actually belong to God. They're yeah. actually right now. They're none of your business or none, none of my business. This is exactly. God's hidden will. He's got his hidden plans for you that why things happen. I don't know. I don't know why things happen to me. And we sit here and we try to, you know, figure things out and philosophize and um, get philosophical. And I don't think that was a word, but uh, <laughs> couldn't get we'll, it out. Let, we'll let it stand. Edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's just kind of one of those things where I think we we just – Man, we are so human in the sense that we got to know everything. We got to be right about everything. But look, man, heaven right now on this side of heaven, how how it operates, how it works, it's God knows and the people up there know and we'll eventually find out. So, you know, anything other than that is kind of just, again, it's subjective. It's, you know, f- feelings based. It's off what I want and what I think. And you know what? None of that holds Um, holds true because it's not in scripture. Right.
0: So I don't know where, where we land on
1: your notes yet. Um, Well, let me segue into something that I found pretty interesting. I found, uh, so in first Corinthians four, six, um, I don't have that open, but I have the note. So uh, we are basically forbidden in all spiritual matters. Um, that go beyond what is written to, to, um, describe, and, you know, basically mm-hmm. what is written is what we are to hold to mm-hmm. with things related to, um, spiritual matters. Yep. So Paul writes in that text,
0: he says, I have appla- I've applied all these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, brothers, that you may learn by us not to go beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up in favor of one and against, a uh, of
1: one against a brother, another, See? I'm sorry. There you go. Thank yep. you for pulling that up. I don't have logos in front of, in front of me. I have, I have an old computer. stuff uh, Like 1999 <laughs> and it's like 2006, but <laughs> close enough. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, so ex- exactly. So I don't know what, I don't know why people feel like they're justified in doing it. And I could go down a rabbit hole, you mm-hmm. know, on the Bethel, Hillsong, Jesus culture, all those people that have these crazy experiences. And, you know, they try to define and explain heaven and, Mm -hmm. um, the Holy spirit and, you know, spiritual fire and this and that raining down upon their heads, yada, yada, yada. Right. It's just like, did you not read what Paul said or does Paul not count? I guess. Yeah. He must not. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was
0: watching, um, a video on, uh, uh, let me find it. It's on Facebook and I got to go to my page cause I shared it. Um, media gratia shared a video. It's on my Facebook page on my personal one, but you can go to media gratia films and they're doing a church history series. So to my wife, if you listen to this, I did not order the set. To everybody else listening, I ordered the set. And in it, they talk about um, basically church history. And this first little clip they did was on worship. And how um, you could not do anything counterintuitive to what God has commanded. And you see that Explicitly in the Old Testament, right? You see God making explicit commands to the Israelites to do this and this, don't do this, or you will die. And, you know, case in point is when um, Aaron's sons tried to offer that strange fire for worship, God strikes him dead. Uh, When Uz tries to grab for the um, Ark of the Covenant, God strikes him dead. Mm. Well, good
1: intentions. you know, their hearts may have been in the right place, but they disobeyed God. Right. They disobey God. And that's what people don't, they don't want to associate that with heaven. They don't want to associate that, uh, that with getting to heaven, you know, that whole thing. And clearly Bethel isn't reading the old Testament and some people think we should unhitch uh, from it. And, but that's, that's just kind of bunk. I mean, and to add on to what you're saying, John MacArthur said, "We need to accept the boundaries God Himself has put on what He has revealed. It is sheer folly. is sheer folly to speculate where Scripture is silent. I mean, it's what a what a great quote, yeah. and it's, it is absolutely true that yeah. you know we speak out of turn all the yep. time. Yep. And I think one of the issues
0: that the Christian church faces. Is exactly that, is that we try to create an experience and we try to create this, um, you know, the, this once in a lifetime feeling or the we try to create an experience for validation. We try to create uh, an, you know, to try to experience a feeling so that we, we can be assured that what we're doing is right but Christianity isn't about feelings. It's not about the butterflies in your gut. It's not about the vision or the dream that you had. It's about the um, death to self. It's about obedience unto Christ, dying to sin and being raised in Christ. As if you've been reading through my Roman study, you as a Christian are to be dead to sin you have been baptized into a death like Christ, and you are now a slave to righteousness. That is what you should desire. You shouldn't desire these feelings, these cinematics, the all of this other junk that the nominal Christianity community is telling you to to cling to cling to what scripture tells you. And that is the promise that Jesus Christ died and raised for the forgiveness of your sins. And if you hold to that and you
1: die, you will experience eternal life. Yeah, it's it's about life, eternity with God. That's mm-hmm. that's heaven. That, see, that's the thing about describing the place and this and that and the other about heaven. Man, heaven is about eternity with God. And the glimpse that we do get that every Christian gets is when you're deep in prayer and you notice that you started at, you know, 6.00 AM praying. And the next thing, you know, it's like almost seven, 7.00 AM. I yep. mean, it how time flies when you're in prayer mm. and you're studying God's word and you're reading about it, how awesome that is. And that feeling it's, so those are the things we long for. Like, when I think of heaven, you know, I think of you know, everything that's opposite here. I I can't imagine, you know, I think obviously there are the good nuggets that God shows um here on earth that are probably just I can't a speck of what heaven is like. Yeah. And that just blows my mind. So to sit and try to be like, well, you know, is this going to happen? Am I going to see my mom? I mean, yeah, I'd love to see my mom, but You know, but then I go through this whole, all these emotions about, well, so I won't know my mom or -hmm. will I know my mom or she, you know, or my kids or this, or it just, I think we'll go, we would go nuts. Yeah, absolutely. Because my mind can't wrap my head around my, I can't wrap my mind around that. Right.
0: And I think that if we were to come on the show and paint you a picture of what heaven is like, and just to say, take our word for it, you'll, you'll lose it completely what we are striving to do is tell you to go to scripture and examine it deeply because this is a topic that can't be unhashed in a single episode. It's not a topic that we can paint a vivid picture because scripture doesn't paint a vivid picture and you, you nailed it. You, we just can't wrap our heads around what heaven is like. And are we even going to see our loved ones there? Cause I actually wanted to segue into the topic of who's going to be in heaven. Hmm. And I think time-wise, we can conclude on this little segment. I don't know if you have anything else you want to touch on, but I was reading this, again, this Table Talk magazine. Um, This this guy's name is Jay Adams. I I don't know who he is, but I'm going to read a couple of his paragraphs here real quick. To begin with, however, it is important to review Deuteronomy 29.29. You quoted this earlier, The secret things belong to the Lord our God. But the things revealed belong to us and our children forever, that we may follow all the words of his law. That means we may not go beyond scripture speculating about matters concerning which God has not spoken. In this article, therefore, I shall probably give you some answers. You will not that will not satisfy your curiosity. If that is the case, remember this verse. also uh, also remember that everything we need in life and godliness is provided in the Word of God. Second Peter 3, I'm sorry, second Peter 1:3. If God has not revealed something, to you that you would like to know it is not necessary for you to know it and indeed it is probably more it would probably be unprofitable <laughs> or even harmful for you to have such information not to speak of in the fact of undue curiosity is an attempt to steal from god what belongs to him oh yeah That's with awesome. that yeah with that those caution minds let's look at this question and i am going to say this question i'm going to re- this is probably going to burn some bridges because this is probably one of the hardest topics to deal with outside of death in the Christian community. First, it is important to realize that babies and incompetent persons are not considered innocent in the sight of a Holy God on two accounts. All babies, even in the womb are counted sinners. They're both guilty and corrupt. Their guilt stems from a representative act of Adam who brought guilt upon the whole human race. This was talked about in Romans 5.12. And their corruption, likewise, is inherited by by natural conception through the long line of errors through whom a sinful nature was passed down from Adam. Those do not think that children are counted as sinners should stop and think. If the wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23, then Unless counted, uh, then unless counted sinners, it would be impossible for the children to die in the womb. Clearly, millions of abortions, not to speak of miscarriages, prove they are sinners by conception. Look at Ephesians two three, in which Paul describes that all human beings are under God's wrath by nature. Nature is is what is uh, nature is that which is given over which you have no control. So this paragraph basically is insinuating that it is up to God at who he saves, as is the entire premise of the the Scripture. It doesn't say that all babies are doomed to hell. It doesn't say that incompetent persons are doomed to hell or torment or whatever. It doesn't even provide really a clear answer because he goes on to say, does that mean that there will be no children in heaven? Well, we do not know that. But what we do know is that everyone who goes to heaven will do so because they have been redeemed by the sacrificial work of Christ. If an elect children or incompetent person goes to heaven, it will be because in some way, unrevealed to us, the blood of Jesus Christ has been applied to them. No okay. s- no sinner will enter the heavenly city apart from the forgiveness of their sins through the work of Jesus Christ. Hmm. The passage in which David declared that he may go to... Uh, may go to his child that died in infancy is of little help since it may indicate no more that David meant that he would die and enter the unforeseen world. Mm. So this is a tough article and this is a tough topic because people don't want to talk about it.
1: Yeah. it It's definitely a, a tough one. I think you have to look at, um, the, the old Testament, mm-hmm. um, and to your point, you know, not only David's son, but David and and Abraham. And um you know, I, I So I'll go back to this. This is this is my thought on what you just read, because I was a little bit like, whoa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I have
0: I have I have an opinion on it too. So I want yeah. yours first.
1: So I'm gonna leave what belongs to God to God. Amen. So I am not even I, I, I just I'm not going to even touch what is God's and that this is what I said earlier with respect to, um, the aborted babies or babies that have died or even children that have died. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, while God is our God is a just and righteous and a God of wrath. Absolutely. He is also a God of love, compassion, joy, pure. I mean, you went through it in the attributes. So for anybody to say one way or the other, that's folly exactly exactly so um and again you know people would then say well look at all the old prophets you know again righteousness was counted to them so um again god's hidden will um and in for uh for children and for babies that belongs to him and um i'll leave it at that
0: yeah i i i could not say it any better than that and I would clearly just add um, this article again doesn't say one way or the other it does just say that the children or incompetent people will have to stand before God now when you die we don't know the state of our resurrected bodies if a child dies will they get a an adult type, type resurrected body right we don't know that none of this stuff is made known to us so you that is a mystery it. Yeah, that's a mystery left to God. Right. So, if a children dies, are they brought back in the resurrected body as an adult who is, you know, fully understanding of what's going on around them? Mm-hmm. Don't know. No clue. What we do know is is that God is a merciful God and I believe that for I do believe that he will show mercy to whom he desires to show mercy for. Absolutely. But I also believe that there's probably going to be children that aren't shown mercy. I mean, that can that's clearly illustrated in the flood. Yeah. Right. Right. When God killed everybody on on the world. However, but, that yeah. doesn't that doesn't mean that was a different that was a different time frame as well. So we have to understand they were uh, increasing in sin. They did not have the law outside of the written law on their heart. They didn't have, have a written physical law and the mosaic law mm-hmm. um
1: so it's a that's a whole different type of theology right there yeah but and and also again though those kids um were killed and wiped out again how god judges the soul of a child it's it's not covered in scripture i right. and i mean that in the sense that obviously uh, you know we are covered by the blood of christ so we are redeemed I, you know but ultimately um, it just doesn't touch on that topic of, yeah. because because it talks about the age the age of or we talk about the age uh, as well of coming to the knowledge uh, and mm-hmm. truth. Okay, so you know it's it's not in scripture. So again, speculating on it or I don't know even in an opinion piece, I kind of have a I just I think like, it makes it tough. It, it well it makes it tough, and I think I think scripture is clear. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and with what Paul said in first corinthians 4 6 that you know why are we talking you know about these spiritual matters that you know that's what because that's what they are if it's not written about don't sit there and try to put out something and base your doctrine and um and and it's bad doctrine and it just it's not helpful to anybody if anything it it would be counted as a summoning block in in my opinion i think so because because the bottom line is this we because we talk about the elect Mm-hmm. I, and I am a firm believer in God's elect. Absolutely. It's in scripture. But I want to say this. We don't know. Only God knows who the elect are. Sure. Right. So, let, yep. so let's stop trying to say, this person's elector, that's elector. This is what makes you elect. You know mm-hmm. what? The way to salvation, to God, is through the blood of Christ that was shed on the cross. Yep. End the story, yeah, period. That's it. That's it.
0: And I think in this little opinion block, and there's a little bit more to it, but— this um the one sentence I think that maybe adds any sort of validity to it is that it says if the elect children and incompetent persons get to heaven, it is because in some way unrevealed to us, the blood of is. Christ is applied to them. There and it that's is. it.
1: There we
0: it don't know that a child who dies or uh, an incompetent person dies that God didn't you know talk to them at judgment. We don't know that. We don't know what that's going to look like. It's speculation. And just like you said, and as Paul wrote in uh, in 1 Corinthians, that why are we adding this? Why are we trying to create
1: something that doesn't exist in Scripture? And that should be the rule of thumb. Sorry to interrupt. Huh? I no. Mean, that, that verse should be, I mean, people should take that and write that across their hands or something before they open their mouth and just, mm-hmm. there it is. exactly you know and i want to you know with respect to is a children going to be full grown or you know if they go to heaven this that and the other i always found it i had a conversation with my sister and we were talking a little bit and and again this is all speculation so i'm not Mm -hmm. saying but i do think that i i wonder if jesus is the model meaning jesus died at the age of 33 yeah right and um, and I, I guess I'd have to do a lot of research with health and everything, but I believe that's kind of when you're at your peak age, is that right around there is oh, what... I, I could,
0: I can vouch for that. I'm on the decline. <laughs>
1: right. Aren't we all? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jason from daily. He he's, he's, he's way before it right now. He's like 12. So I know right? he's still, he's good, man. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, so I just you know, I just look at things like that. It's like, you know, Mm. why 33, why was it, you know, his, why did his ministry thought start at 30, not 20? Mm. Um, you know, and again, those are all these hidden things and God had a purpose. Why he started at 30 and went to 33. And I just, I wonder if that's kind of, you know, the state now I want one other thing. I was with my grandfather on his deathbed and I remember talking to him prior and we were got on the topic and I don't believe he, I don't think he was a believer. I don't know, but, um, it's like, so how do you, you know, how do you feel? And he's like, inside, I feel like I'm still in my, you know, in my twenties, I can do everything, but my body's broken down. I just can't do anything. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, you hear that a lot from older folks yeah. and, yeah. you know, clearly that, I mean, I mean, I, we know even like, I still feel like I'm 20. Oh
0: you know? yeah. Inside. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go to the gym after this. It's probably a bad idea physically, but mentally I'm like, I'm going to go
1: do some stuff. Right. So, I mean, that's just the indication of you know of God and mm-hmm. your soul. So um, and I can I can actually think back to when I was, you know, whatever, 12, 13, 14, 15 and same physical mindset. Exactly. Mm-hmm. In, in some I mean, I'm wiser now. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so it's an amazing thing. So with respect to children and their souls, I mean, nobody knows the soul like God. We don't know. Yep. We, we do not know. We know we have one. It's it. You know you know it. But again, these are things for God, um, and I kind of want to stand by that. I'm not gonna. Oh, you nailed it. Go further than that.
0: Oh, and I think you know, looking at that piece, I think I, I can rest in the fact that I serve a merciful God, and I would, con- I would go to the line to say that, if as from a pastoral position, if I have a person whose child has died. I can look at them and say that Christ knew when he hung on the cross, not only for your salvation, but he knew that your child would die and he is taking care of that child. Yeah. It's not, in, I mean, that's, that's, that's a pastoral piece. Not, it's not a scriptural piece, but it's a, but when you look at it through the, through the lens of Christ, mm those who he calls his own it's not just you know you got to i mean you can get into the whole covenant theology and all that stuff i'm not, that's not where i'm going at with this what i'm saying is it me and my me and my wife we're believers and by nature my daughter's going to grow up believing in Christ as long as we teach her the biblical Jesus she's going to grow up with faith because she's going to hear the word preached over and over and over to her and if something happens to her, I would rest knowing that Christ has his hand on her. Right. Yeah. And, and I can't go, there's no scripture that says that, that opposes that view, but there's no scripture that supports it. So it's purely speculative. But I also rest in the fact that knowing my, my God is a merciful God. He saves the most wretched people, the thief hanging on the cross next to him. Hmm was saved. Christ could have easily ignored both of them. Christ could have easily said, no, nope, you are going to hell because you didn't say, the you know, you didn't repent properly and then get baptized properly and then you didn't do X, Y, and Z properly or you didn't show fruit of your faith properly. It, all of these rules and restrictions that man have placed upon religion, especially in Protestantism today, you're just creating a ladder to reach to heaven that's never going to get there. You yes. are saved by the blood of Christ and that's it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean that that is the end all be all. Um and you know, having children, you know, you pray and you teach mm-hmm. Christ crucified and and I do believe God I, I, God covers a a Christian household. I I do believe that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And and when that child comes to the knowledge to make a decision in, in the sense that a decision for their life saying, you know what, I don't believe it. Sorry, I don't believe it. Or they've put their faith in Christ. You know, that's, you know, so, you know, there is that point where, you know, there's this accountability, accountability point. Um, in in all of our lives, we all did it, and and some of us pushed on and on and on, and just ignored, you know, ignored Christ, ignored, ignored, it just didn't want anything to do with it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and other people, when they came to that knowledge, to that age of knowledge, like, wow, you know, I, yes, I'm putting my faith in Christ. You know, from that point on, obviously they belong to to Christ. So previous to that, I mean, again, that's, it's all in God's hands. And I do believe, like you said, I mean, he's a merciful, loving God. And just to share something very personal, I mean, my wife had a miscarriage mm-hmm. um, in between, um, in between my youngest and my middle. And, you know, I, I rest in the knowledge that God is a merciful, loving God. And that is where I put my hope. And what that looks like, I'll find out on the other side of, he- you know, of, of heaven, not this side. And that's, I can't speculate past that. Cause I just, I don't know, but I yep. know God is merciful because he saved me. Yeah. Um, and I know he's loving because he saved me, someone like mm-hmm. me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that's, that's what scripture teaches. And um, that's where I, I, you know, I rest all my hope. I think, I think the bigger question when it comes to the topic
0: of heaven it's not necessarily whether children get in, right? It's do adults get in? <laughs> because we all want to get wrapped up in this, like, oh, Sally down the road passed away. She was only three. Is she going to be in heaven? I, you know what? If God's a merciful God, then then and her family was a belie- believers in Christ, then probably. You know, I, I mean, who knows? But even if they weren't believers, we, we don't know. We don't know. Exactly. Because I mean, that's the thing. We, she, we, she could have grown.
1: My family grew up not believer. but Look at me now. Right. But so and, and the thing to that is see, God knows all. So. Yeah. So why I are mean, we trying to impose? Right. So God could. What is that? What that looks like? I'm not even going to try to put into nah, words. You can't. God knows all. God knows who he's bringing in. Mm-hmm. And he already knows who's not coming in. And. Sorry, he's God. He gets yeah. to decide. Yeah, he, he's, gets, he's he gets to know. The judge. Yeah. But
0: I think instead of children, the question of children, it's the question of adults. Do you know you're going to heaven? Mm-hmm. Do, do you know your, your, your family, your brothers, your sisters, your spouse, do you know if they're going to heaven? Because if not, then we better do a better job at sharing the gospel with them.
1: Yeah. Sure. So
0: we better do it before it's too late.
1: Yeah. Because you never know, you, ne- you just do not know. Amen.
0: Because the time is ticking, as we will soon discover, getting into this series. The clock is always moving
1: forward. That's right. Be ready for the rapture. And then you'll get sent back. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nick from Bible Dingers, be ready for the rapture. Be ready. Nick is the only one going to be raptured. <laughs> we had a conversation, so I'm just, I'm just playing.
0: <laughs> oh all right uh, anything else you want to add to to this r- insanely hard topic
1: no 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 I it's it, it it was and again there's there's actually not a ton in scripture about what is heaven like so mm-hmm. to speak um, so you know I appreciate everybody hanging with this and this is just this back and forth conversation. Uh, piece about heaven. It was awesome to be a part of it.
0: Yeah, well, I appreciate you coming on and helping work through this because it was—it's a, not a, a. Both of these, heaven and hell episodes were not easy to go through. And as the Bible dingers will tell you, there's more text about hell. Jesus speaks about more about hell than he ever does heaven.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The only characteristics we get about heaven are really that their characteristics are like what is heaven like, and. They just describe the great,
1: merciful nature of God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I will add one thing. Yeah. We're not going to be floating on clouds. Oh, no. Because no. God is a God of structure. Look yeah. at, I mean, the earth is a template in the sense that God does have a rhyme and a reason. There's man, there's wife. We procreate. There's a structure. So believe me, you, when we get to heaven, there are going to be jobs to be <laughs> We're oh, yeah. going to be glorifying God. We're going to be. And you know what? I'll be. I, I hear this. I hear people say this, and I really believe this. When I was out mowing my lawn uh, just the other day, when you when you shot me a text, mm-hmm. it's like I'm mowing the lawn. I was thinking in my head, and I kid you not, I would be satisfied just you know getting into heaven and just being a caretaker of a, of a lawn in heaven, man. Because I'll go. be up there and I'll be with God. Because yeah. that's the only thing that brings me peace and hope, mm-hmm. is the feeling of knowing God intimately. And mm-hmm. the thought of hell being separated from God, that is hell. It doesn't have to be fire. Just yep. being separated from any kind of hope and just presence of God. And and God makes his self known to everybody. You yep. feel that. That person who feels secure, even though he's not a, a believer and walking down, you know what? He knows that presence of God. He's just suppressing it and denying mm-hmm. it. Exactly. So yeah. I, that was my last thing. Sorry. To, no, your I mean, sure <laughs> thing.
0: You nailed it. Cause that's, that's actually something really interesting. It's, uh, you know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't even fathom like what I would want to do in heaven, but just to be, you know, a, a caretaker or something that, that just, right? yeah, whatever he tells me to do, I'll be yes, Lord. And amen. And I, I mean, that's it. And I think you nailed it on the structure. It's not, we're not flying on clouds. We don't get harps. We don't become angels. You get a glorified body, and you will worship and serve and honor and bring glory to God forever yeah. and ever, for eternity.
1: Yeah. Yep. Earth was created perfect initially. Yeah. I mean, it, God is a God of structure, so mm-hmm. it is going to be for real, for real. Yep. It's Bristle. not. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then Adam had to screw it up for all of us. Leave it to a man. I'll tell yeah. you what. <laughs> that guy.
0: That guy really... It, you know, it's funny in Romans um, four, five and six, uh, Paul just lays into Adam, just being this like
1: Adam was just, just this big follow up of a human being. <laughs> I love it. It's so fun. See, and, what would have happened if he didn't if he didn't accept the bite that, yeah. you know, following his wife, you know, following Eve? What, what would have <laughs> happened? Yeah. Again, speculation.
0: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, that's all it is, and that's what we can't and shouldn't or waste time doing. What we should do is study and honor Scripture in its entirety, in its conclusion, and go and serve our holy God. Amen. So that is uh, all I've got for this episode, unless you have anything else you want to add.
1: Nope, I won't add anything else. That was great.
0: (laughs) I was actually looking up something really fast, but I don't know if I can find it. I'm probably going to waste a bunch of time doing it too. Oh, so I'm trying to, so the, the Bible dingers, right? They have that ding on at the end of their show, right? Yeah. And I was like, man, I need a catchphrase because I need to be hip and cool. Like those youngsters <laughs> actually I think they're older than me. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> My my new sign-on is going to keep shining. Keep shining. Undying light, baby. Keep shining. I like so, it. Yeah, so I like everybody it. keep shining. Have a wonderful weekend. I hope this was an edifying episode. Leave your reviews on iTunes and, and Spotify if you can. Shoot us DMs. Send us emails. Um, hit Anthony and I up for questions for a matter of truth because we're always looking for people and um that's it guys so death heaven hell and then we get to the four views of eschatology so we are in the middle of it and i hope that this is uh educating and starts to bring you some understanding of what's going on in this weird world of eschatology Hmm. peace out god bless peace god bless